has the Bengals offensive line been as bad as social media says, plus the latest on the Bengals youngsters who could step up, who will step up over the final seven weeks of the season and thoughts on Jake Browning. Bengals Sands is here to break it all down for our weekly film review. You are locked on Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast, part of the locked on podcast network, your team every day. Hi again, everyone, and welcome in to the Locked on Bengals podcast. I'm James Rapine. No Jake Lisko today, but we have Bengals Sands. Mike Santagata is here. Follow him on Twitter at Bengals underscore Sands. And today's show is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked on NFL for $20 off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Sands, let's dive into the the post Joe Burrow Bengals and and let's start with the offensive line. There's a lot of narratives out there, some true, I think, some not true. I don't think they're the most athletic unit in the world. I also think that just blaming a position coach for Joe Burrow's injury is a bit much too, and I've seen that on social media. But I don't want to ask you about the social narrative. I want to ask you about the film. What have you seen from this offensive line during the first ten games of the season? Has it been good? Has it been bad? A to F as a position unit, how would you rate them? And then after that, give it some context that that only you can do after watching all the film you have. Yeah, to me, it's like a C, C, somewhere around there. Like, they're fine. uh, I think there's one of those things of when you play against really good defenses, they'll get got. And sometimes the guys just don't bring, you know, performance week to week for each individual isn't always consistent either. I think each one of them have probably had a game that they're like, that. that's a bad game, the game you'd like to forget. But at the same time, I thought they had a really difficult task early in the year with an immobile quarterback and unable to run the ball. So they kind of stopped running the ball. So they're throwing a lot with a guy that's just a sitting duck back there. That's really difficult. Uh, offensive linemen typically like going forward and run blocking more than they like going backwards and pass setting. When I played in, I mean, high school, but you know, I, I like going backwards. I, I was more one of those guys where I was like, I actually kind of like pass setting more. Um, but a lot of guys, they, you know, they were bigger than me and able to impose their will. <laughs> 180 pound left guard didn't like trying to move guys, you know. <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah, they're fine. I think they've been fine overall. It's like they, I would have ran had... through you. I would have ran through you. By <laughs> no, the way. go ahead. I not really got ran over. I knew leverage, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so they've been fine overall. I think that when a guy gets hurt, the quarterback gets hurt on a play, there's kind of this emotional reaction to it. of like, they're not doing enough. It's really, I, I don't know. Like the, they don't have a run game. So the defense can tee off a lot. They don't mm-hmm. commit to a run game. So that also leads into these pass rushers are pinning their ears back. Um, and when you, that's partially on them too, because they're not doing enough in the run game either, but it's also a tight end. They, they don't, really, they have one tight end that can block and drew sample. And then, but we know what he is as a receiver. So they don't play him all the time. They wide receivers. They're not paid to block They're they're They don't have a, uh, Alan Lazard who does get paid to block in that group to go take guys out. Stanley Morgan, not active very often, just one game. Um, but yeah, I, overall, 
I think my thoughts are it's like a C unit unit at least two like, games uh, for Stanley. Two games for Stanley. Two games. But okay. I, I get your point. I get your point. Don't sell him short now. Don't sell him short. I I, I agree with you. I, I think that they, they leave a decent amount to be desired at times, mm-hmm. especially with the way the Bengals play. And I think that's the other element to this of, of where people's frustrations are is dropping back with Burrow or running shotgun and, and just throwing as much as they have. But you've seen the run game. Like, could the coaching, should the coaching be different, whether it's Frank Pollock, whether it's play calling, whether it's scheme to fit this line? And I know that's a really, really loaded question, but I think that's where people are right now. And I want to try to to answer that with you because you've watched every play over and over and over again. <laughs> I think that they tried to do some of what they did last year that worked and some of it you know, was still working for all these guys are basically wide zone guys at heart though. So at least early to maybe even middle of the year, they would still try to get out there and run wide zone. And it's just like, we, they don't have the athletes for this. They, the offensive line does not have the athletes for it. like when they, when they put that pistol stuff in, I was banging my head against the wall. Like, why are you running wide zone of the pistol? Like, I forgot this is what you're going to do when you get into this formation, I guess. Uh, and they tried it from the shotgun and that's just, that's hard on everybody. The running back too, like that becomes difficult on the running back to make the cut. But when they're running downhill gap stuff, it's there. Like I, I, I don't think it's a dominant unit, but last year wasn't a dominant unit. All that did last year was kind of keep them on schedule and take some shots off burrow. They didn't get that level of performance, which is a little bit weird. I feel like some people have been disappointed in Orlando Brown as a pass protector and, there was some stuff in there with the injury, but overall I thought he was, he's been all right there. Actually, he was like, he hasn't moved guys as much as I thought, you know, like for such a big guy. And when you watch the chiefs game, he was able to move guys in the run game. He didn't, he hasn't done it as much this season. Now kind of like when they get him on the move, there's just some plays that are underutilized in the run game too. That dart play. They've run it like four times. I think they're averaging 10 yards a carry. I mean, it's just every time they run that play, it's a good run and draw for a team that passes the ball 70% of the time. How are you not faking the pass to hand the ball off? It's kind of like the idea of like, well, a team that runs the ball a lot, they're going to run a lot of play action. Well, if you pass the ball a lot, let's fake the pass a little bit and run some draws in there. So there's a little bit of stuff in there that's kind of like, yeah, it could be even better, I think, if they did this stuff. But it's not, you know, like the running back is also not giving you 100% of every, and sometimes even like when you watch other teams, sometimes you can get the running back is like, Oh, there wasn't anything there. Watch the Jalen Warren runs from yesterday. Uh, it's like the run's not always there, but the 75 yard touchdown, he makes a few guys miss, and he has home run speed to get to take it the whole way. It makes you forget about three yard gains, two yard gains. Like, oh yeah, like he averaged seven yards a carry or something. And it's like, well, 70 yards of that came out. Who cares? Like it was a touchdown. <laughs> uh, you know, don't take it away. Now, sometimes people talk about taking things away, like. Oh, but if you take out his 20-yard gains, like that's a little easier to be like, yeah, I guess if you take that out, it wasn't a very good day, and that run didn't even do anything for them. So I think there's a lot wrong with the run game, but they were able to get a little bit out of it. I think they could get more. It's kind of like they got a small chicken wing, and they didn't eat all of the meat off the bone, but they got they got a they got a bit off of there. Like they, <laughs> it wasn't a full disaster. That's my language now. All right, yeah. let me get uh, ten. Spicy garlic, 10 hot, and 10, no, 
Uh, I, I am hungry, though, but I'm also hungry for some explosive runs. I certainly think with Joe Burrow out for the season, they may have to lean on that running game more. Could that mean leaning on a rookie more than we've seen? I want to ask you about some of the young players, talk about how the run game can evolve. We will do that coming up next right here on Locked on Bengals. Today's show is brought to you by Game Time. Game Time is the app that you have to get right now because you shouldn't have to worry when you're buying tickets to your next big event. Game Time is fast and it's the easiest way to buy tickets for sports, music, comedy, theater, all with one app. You're going to get last minute tickets, flash deals, zone deals, and they take the guesswork out of it because they have deals on tickets right up to the start of the event. Even an hour after it starts, game time will still have tickets for you. You can find the exclusive flash deals, sponsored deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, so much more. And the best part, you know your total up front. There's no hidden fees. You know you're getting a great deal. You can look at the seats you're getting so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. All you have to do is download the game time app, create an account, and use code locked on NFL. For $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account with the Game Time app by redeeming code L O C K E D O N N F L, locked on NFL for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Today's show is also brought to you by Pierce Dental Group. Pierce Dental Group has two locations one in downtown Cincinnati, one in Northern Kentucky. They are the premier group in the area, providing world-class experience and creating confident smiles. You want to be confident. Guess what? Pierce Dental Group is going to get you there. They do everything. And what I mean by everything, I mean dental implants, Invisalign, cosmetics, routine care. You need a place to get your teeth clean? Look no further. Go to Pierce Dental Group. They've been in the business since 1942. Do the math on that one. 1,300 plus five-star Google reviews, flexible payment options, and pride themselves on maximizing your dental insurance as well. Visit them online right now at piercedentalgroup.com. That's P-E-A-R-C-E dentalgroup.com or search Pierce Dental Group on Instagram or Facebook. Sands, you mentioned the the run game, and I I think that that's, that's the big question moving forward. How can it evolve Obviously, we know Jake Browning's in at quarterback. Could they go under center more? Will we see more of Chase Brown? He was cleared to practice on Monday, and hopefully he's going to be activated this week and able to play. We'll see if that part happens. But how do you think the run game can change, should change realistically? Because you can't make huge, huge changes now. But I'm sure that they can make some tweaks to make life easier on Jake Browning, make life easier on Joe Mixon, maybe Chase Brown, and maximize uh, what they have in this offensive line as well. Yeah. Um, so my first thought, and I, you know, we'll see what they do. I do think they're going to get under center, and they're probably going to try a little wide zone, and I don't think they have the guys up front for that. Sam's I think right. it's not going to be perfect, but it's just what I am conditioned to think. When, oh. <laughs> like, but it's also what helps your quarterback. So maybe maybe it works a little bit. Maybe maybe it just not works as in like five yards of carry. They're mowing defenses. But maybe they get teams to bite a little bit on it because what you can get off of that might help them out, you know, when sure. those boot plays. Although yeah. it feels like – it almost feels like they're moving their perimeter run to being that toss play. And every boot they've had lately is a fake off of toss, and they're running more toss than usual. And 
it it's worked, I think, better than wide zone. Like people get mad about it when it fails, but at the same time, the first run of the game, that was an explosive play, toss. Second run that went for like negative three, also toss. That's just toss. That's you know, it's such a boom bust play. You don't you're not usually grinding out three yards of carry like every single carry on toss. You can do that on wide zone, you can do it on a lot of runs, but on toss plays, it's usually did it work? Did it not work? Um, but yeah, so the crack toss idea, maybe they're gonna toss more toss more of those in there um maybe they'll continue their downhill run i think they just need to find a way to help browning out because i think there's a lot of difficulty to playing quarterback in the Bengals offense i talked about how already it's a little difficult on the offensive line too with how they like to play it's a higher wire act there's a lot of difficulty at different positions you know even wide receiver they don't run a lot of isolation stuff well that requires your wide receiver to be good happens they have good wide receivers but uh it's just everybody i feel like except maybe the tight end has like a difficult role in the offense maybe running back too although then you can talk about pass protection and that's usually not something a running back's good at um so there's a lot of difficulty in how they like to play with burrow and I think with Browning, you're going to have to lessen that difficulty, the curve. And this might be the best way they can play offense is the way they play Burrow ball. But Browning can't really do that. That requires a lot of processing, pre-snap processing, post-snap, making very accurate throws. Those back shoulder balls that some people, I think, oh, he's just throwing 50-50 balls to the whoever, to T. Higgins. It's like, well, that ball has to be perfect. And we saw when Burrow was not healthy, what happens when you don't throw those balls perfect? a lot of incompletions, an interception that he left inside, you know, like there, there's a degree of difficulty to those throws, which some people might think are easy. There's, I just feel like playing quarterback in this offense, if they're going to try to just, uh, just run what Burrow runs, it's going to be like, okay, this is really difficult for a backup quarterback. And especially one that you didn't really prioritize getting some high end backup to run this. You got to find a way to at least minorly shift the offense to make it easier on him. Let's assume Chase Brown can be in the mix. And I know we haven't seen a ton of him. You watched him in the preseason. I, I saw him in training camp in the preseason. We've seen him a little bit in the regular season. He's missed the past four games. Do you think he can give them some juice? Like, do, do you think as a runner he's shown you anything? Or is that TBD? Because that's what the coaching staff seems to think. But we haven't seen a lot of him. What, what does the film say? I feel like the game's moving fast for him. But how does that get fixed? Reps? Experience? Game slows down when you play more, uh, but it felt like it was moving fast for him in the little bit of time he had, it, at least in regular season games, for sure. I think that last preseason game you saw a little bit, but then again, that last preseason game was mostly against guys that aren't as fast as the starters or you know, guys that don't process as fast as the starters, at least. They're so, not in the league anymore, most of them, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> even even the superstars aren't playing on the preseason week four, week three superstars aren't playing on Sunday right now. Um, yeah, so... I, th- I feel like he needs more reps. When I watched him in college, I thought he lacked the ability to really I- – I feel like it's not something you'll like. Stay on his feet. I don't think he stays on his feet through contact super well. He's not like a guy that gives a lot of power behind his pads. And the, elus- the elusiveness was hit and miss. You know, like I feel like sometimes it was there, but a lot of times what I really like with him, I think he had good vision at the college level, which is why I think he will – probably be able to develop at the NFL level. And I think he could set up his runs. He tempoed them. And when he got a runway, he was gone. And that's something they haven't had. But can they give him that runway? 
because that's the biggest issue of even when the Bengals offensive line blocks well on a play that requires the tight end to make a good block. If you're going to get a full runway, like there's no need for you. You're not getting touched. I think of like sometimes on those Devon Achan runs for the Dolphins, like he didn't get touched and now he's gone. Like, can you mm-hmm. give him that? I'm not sure. Uh, you know, like some of that comes from guys, wide receivers being able to block at, better than they have, because that's an issue too. You know, like wide receivers get asked, Hey, dig out that safety. Well, that's hard. <laughs> you know, it's not every wide receiver can make that block. And I saw Trent Irwin against the bills get lit up, trying to do that. It's just like safety knew it was coming and he just blew him up. It's like, well, you know, he's a wide receiver. What do you, what do you really expect? So sure. I think that you need the auxiliary blockers, the tight ends, the wide receivers. If you put Drew Sample in the backfield, want to call him a fullback, H-back, whatever. They need to be able to block well. And if the offensive line blocks well. So, like, if everything goes right, he can get you explosive plays. And he can hit home runs, like, 75-yard touchdowns. If everything doesn't go right, I feel like he'll give you – when in college, I felt like he still gave them most of what the offensive line blocked. Like, he'd run it right and he'd – hit the right hole. He'd hit it with as much speed as he could. It just didn't feel like he was a guy. Like when I watched Charbonnet, for example, I was like, well, Charbonnet's going to at least run that guy over, find some hidden yards, like gain an extra six yards on this play. Mm-hmm. And he had really good contact balance, which I, I love. It's like he stays on his feet. You know, like guy hits him and he stays on his feet. I didn't see that so much with Brown. So that's what I'm kind of seeing as a guy that can give you what the offensive line can give you. And then if he, if you get a runway, he'll beat guys in foot races to the end zone be interesting to see if he can suit up this week. Obviously we'll have the latest on chase Brown as the week rolls on. What about Jordan battle? Because he's clearly going to be starting for the Bengals moving forward. Zach Taylor didn't come out and say that exact statement, but said that he was going to keep the same playing time he had last week. And obviously he was playing well, I thought uh, against the Ravens. Uh, What did you think about his performance? What does he bring to this secondary? And, And do you like the combo now? of a, a second-year guy in Dax Hill, a first-year guy in Jordan Battle, manning in the secondary of these two safety spots. Yeah, I mean, I do like it. I mean, especially now that Browning's in there, if you're going to be honest with like yourself as a team, it's like, well, what does Nick Scott give you for the rest of this year versus what does Jordan Battle give you? Even mm-hmm. if, and I don't think this is true, but if the coaching staff thinks like, well, they trust Scott more or something, it's like, well, yeah, but this is probably the time to just see what the young guy has and the drop-off, if any, will be minimal. I think you might get better play because it just feels like it just has not clicked for Nick Scott in this defense. <laughs> uh, but with Jordan Battle, it felt like he did a great job of, for the most part, taking angles and trying to limit plays from when they got past the defensive line when they got past the linebackers he was there to clean it up and i felt like he also he reacted quickly to balls being thrown he reacted quickly to lamar trying to run it just felt like he did kind of what the safety job is there for of like he was the safety net he was the guy that when it didn't work at the first and second level he was there to clean it up i also felt like there were a few plays that well, there was one play in particular that just talked about taking good angles. He did blitz on a play and took a bad angle, and he, he actually slaps his hands together at the end of it because he missed the tackle because of it. And it's just like one of those, like, yeah, you'll you'll learn from that. It's um, something that comes with experience. 
And my only question though, is I don't feel like he really got challenged in coverage. So when the ball's in the air, how does it go? When he has to cover, match a receiver deep down the field, is he able to keep up with them? And even more so, like, can he cover up corners getting beat even? You know, because that's the role of a safety as well. I can think of a lot of plays, especially back when Jesse Bates was in Cincinnati, where corner got beat, but Bates broke up the ball. So it didn't matter. So let's see. Can I want to see him tested a little bit more in coverage. I don't think that really happened in the Ravens game. They went after different guys. They didn't really go after him as much when he came in. And uh, I mean, really, that's about it's about it. I, I, there weren't too many situations where he had to take on blocks either. So maybe you want to see him take on some wide receiver blocks, which I don't think that Nick Scott did particularly well with this year. Um, hopefully he's not taking on offensive linemen, although it has happened before. But can he take on the wide receiver block? Can he take on tight end blocks? Especially guys, well, they play uh, – I, I mean, I don't think Firemuth is some Gronk-level blocker. Can he take on a fat Firemuth block? He did a, a Darnell Washington one. I don't know if I want to see that, but you know, Fryermuth, yeah, let's see. Can you take that on? Like, can you sure. take on these receiving tight ends that try to block you? Yeah, I, I think that's a good point, and, and we'll see if he can do that. And let's keep things rolling with more on the youngsters and a thought or two about Jake Brown and coming up next. Today's show is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. They're the easiest and most exciting way to play DFS. It's you against the numbers. You don't have to deal with thousands of other players. You don't have to deal with pros or sharks lingering in those DFS waters. No, no, no. With Prize Picks, all you do is pick more or less than on a two to six player stat projection and watch the winnings roll in. So maybe you think Jamar Chase will have more receiving yards than his projection, even with Jake Browning at quarterback. Maybe you think Browning will have more passing yards than his projection. Boom, there you go. There's your two, and you can add up to four more, two through six, get up to 25 times your money. This is the quickest and easiest way to play play DFS. You're going to love prize picks. All you have to do is go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. All right, quickly before we get to Jake Browning, just sticking with the defense, Miles Murphy, Joseph Osai, did those guys, what did they show you against Baltimore? And what is your expectations for these guys moving forward? with the hope that maybe Sam Hubbard could return this week. But regardless, those two guys, what'd you see? Uh, Murphy had a pressure against uh, Morgan Moses, and it involved him ending it with a rip move. So that's something that's a little development, you know, like he hasn't done a great job of disengaging at the end of his rushes. You know, he'll bull rush guys, he'll move guys. And, you know, like there's some stuff there that still needs to be done better. But, you know, overall, he's been able to do that, but he hasn't been able to finish and get that offensive lineman off of him. So uh, that was good to see. And I think the biggest thing with Murphy was he did a really good job containing Lamar when he tried to escape. Um, it, it just felt like a showcase of his athleticism, his ability to accelerate, his, his top end speed of just like when Lamar tries to escape, that's really difficult on a defensive end. It's like, in theory, hey, that's your job. Well, <laughs> you know, it's kind of like the quarterback spy argument of like, I'll just put a spy on Lamar. 
That's great. On a chalkboard, he's accounted for. Okay, Lamar in the open field against a linebacker. I, I immediately no longer have faith that this guy's going to make a play, at least consistently. So seeing Murphy be able to contain him, that was nice, especially when he's able to beat somebody to get outside. And then it's him and Murphy on a foot race, takes a good angle, shows good speed, gets to him, makes him throw the ball away. The other end of that uh, was your Joseph Osai question. I thought he also played well, though. I, I This was probably Osai's best game. He had a move where he kind of faked a cross chop into a hump move, and I thought it was great. It, it reminded me of 58, and 58 being Carl Lawson, because I felt like he did that move a lot. So can Joseph Osai keep improving and keep showing a little bit of stuff like that? Can, he hasn't done it this year. So this was the first game – that was, I think, his best pass rush on the year. I don't know if he has a sack or anything so far this season, but when I watched that, yeah, I didn't think so, but <laughs> just want to make sure. When I watched that, I was like, that's that's what I was kind of expecting him to do this season was come come with some moves like that, some a little bit of Carl Lawson to him, get some pressure, you know, beat the guy in front of you. And they have a better interior than back when they had Lawson. I know Lawson, there was the whole, he got a lot of pressure, but he couldn't finish it. Some of that's also, you know, the interior he played with was not world beaters. I mean, there was Gino, I guess, for a couple of years, but uh, when Gino was no longer there. Now I feel like they have guys that could push the pocket a little bit on the inside, so maybe those turn into sacks. Um, but overall, I thought he showed more in this game than he had in any other game this season in terms of Osai. And then Jake Browning, because – I don't really know what to expect. I think there's part of the fan base that's already looking to AJ McCarron. I think the coaches are in on Jake Browning. He's confident. The guys around him say they're confident. I don't know, but he's confident in himself, which I think is huge and important. What do you kind of expect from him moving forward and, and expect this offense? You, you already said it's not going to look the same, but what does an ideal Jake Browning offense look like? Because I summed it up on on our Tuesday show with Jake and I was like make plays when they're there don't turn the ball over that's it like if he does those two things I, I I check it off for Jake Browning and I'm looking for the rest of the team the defense the running game the offensive line the receivers to make plays like I'm looking for all those different units and I'm left some out but them to step up where are you at with Jake Browning because you've watched the all 22 you've watched the film of preseason obviously you watched Thursday night as well and what he did without many practice reps. Where are you at on him? I thought there was a little bit of anticipation and processing that he played with that I didn't really see in the preseason in terms of he didn't need to see the guy open to throw it. You know, he had okay. trust. Some of that's, you know, the anticipation throw was to Jamar Chase, though. So it's kind of like, well, is that <laughs> no. anticipation or is that like, oh, yeah, Jamar's going to beat that guy? <laughs> like, <laughs> let me just put it up there. Um, but, you know, it's still nice to see that he's confident enough to throw it and it's not open. And I think it was anticipation, but you, you can make the argument either way. I think the ideal Jake Browning would be he's running the offense okay. His balls are – I think he throws a very catchable go ball which mm. I don't think he has a great arm. Actually, I think it's the opposite. He has a he has a pretty poor arm for the NFL. But his go ball kind of – it feels like it kind of like floats through the air. He kind of puts a lot of loft on it, and that also makes it kind of you know, playable for the defensive back. But I think it, there's – when I was watching him throw those, it's like, you know, maybe it's a little too far outside for that Jamar Chase one. But it wasn't like he couldn't catch it. 
it was it was catchable. Uh, so enough accuracy, uh, able to keep the offense on schedule ish at least. You know, like able to run an offense a little bit. What I think of is almost like. The idealized Jake Browning is a little bit like Taylor Heineke, where there's also that that wild card. And he showed this a little bit in that Ravens game, too, of, okay, stuff's not there. You trust your legs and your ability yes. to run and scramble a lot. So if that's working, great. Um, and it worked a little bit in that Ravens game. You think of the fourth down scramble. You can think of the play he jumped over a guy and ran. So he can kind of do that a little bit. Now, there's a fine line between kind of harnessing that chaos, that chaotic energy and being able to use it for good and those immediately turning into turnovers and negative plays and ruining the offense. So he needs to walk a fine line there, but I think he can add a little bit. There. Kind of like Taylor Heineke. When he's having a good game, you're like, wow, did you see that run? It was like, a crazy run. Like I think of that Bucks playoff games from years ago. And then you also think of the Falcons. It's like, you see how he ran into defenders and threw picks. It's like, okay, don't do that part. <laughs> do the other part, the part where you're running away from guys and making some plays when they're not there. So I want to see him be able to run the offense a little bit. Yes. Protect the ball. And for him, I think the idealized version of him is able to make something out of nothing every once in a while. Jake Heineke. That's what you just called him. Jake Heineke. All right. Hey, I'll take it. Bengals underscore Sands. Follow him on Twitter. Make sure you check out his work, allbengals.com. It's always game day in Cincinnati. Woo! I, I know we uh, we lean on you a lot, Sands. I, I will uh, be bothering you again next week as Jake's travels continue. But uh, I appreciate you coming on. Make sure you check out his work, like I said. And for us, well, it's about that time to cross over with Chris Carter. We'll do that on our next show. And then it's game preview time. The beat, the beat goes on, the show goes on even without Joe Burrow. And we have you covered here on locked on Bengals. So for Jake, let's go. I'm James Rapine. Thank you so much for listening to the locked on Bengals podcast.